0: Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday morning D&D show, Lucian unboxes a new game he got on Kickstarter... Uh, He also finished Tomb of Annihilation, so spoilers. We talk about the end of Tomb of Annihilation if you are playing or don't want spoilers. Uh, We do clarify in the episode that there are spoilers, so you will know when to turn it off if you want to listen. And I talk about the new game I'm going to be running, which is called Rod of Seven Parts, uh, which is an old 2E adventure. It's going to be a lot of fun. And check us out Wednesdays on Nerd Immersion's Twitch channel for that game. It's going to start 830 Eastern. Excited to run that for you guys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH Mm -hmm. in the middle, and I am joined... Always, mostly always, sometimes, like last week, he decides not to be there, uh, by (laughs) Sir Lucian over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir.
1: Hello. I am sometimes Sir Lucian, so this is when I'll be here. But that allows you to get to meet all these cool community people that me and Jordan know and have been meeting over the last few years, and uh, I heard you had a really good host last week, so I heard Eh. the seat was filled pretty well.
0: I mean, on a scale of one to host, it was a host. (laughs) But yeah, they're okay. <laughs> um, there is a push in the Discord to have a three person three person show with me, you, yeah. and LB. So maybe we'll yeah. have to make that happen at some point. Uh, She's
1: infecting the show is the way I like to think of it.
0: (laughs) Um, We are a Dungeons & Dragons podcast live stream thing. You can find us on YouTube, Twitch, and in podcast format. Um, We do a show every week. Um, If you're new here, thank you for being here. Please subscribe, like, and share with your friends. Uh, We talk about Dungeons & Dragons news, the games that we play, and how those games translate into evolving as dungeon masters. Um, Mm -hmm. And we kind of just talk about rpgs in general today we have a very special show because we're going to do an unboxing we've never done this before but Mm -hmm. apparently lucian got something in the mail from a kickstarter and he's real excited he's real excited (laughs) right behind him it's right there so uh sometime during during our show we'll be unboxing things um but yeah we usually start with the news and it's a weird day of news because basically it was announced that there's going to be an announcement so it's an the, announcement of an announcement. It's the yeah. pre-announcement of the announcement um, on February twenty-first. Which okay. I didn't even look. What day is that? The twenty-first is next Friday, so next Saturday's show we should have some interesting things to talk about. Yes. Um, Good a Lucian Friday announcement. Lucian I like it. won't be here, so that's sad. No. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be traveling, so we have another guest host uh, oh. next week. You'll have to stay tuned to see who that's going to be. Super um, celebrity though. Um, Soup celebrity, uh, but they basically Hasbro owns Dungeons and Dragons they owns Wizards mm-hmm. of the Coast and the chairman of the board and CEO of Hasbro uh, just started talking about their company and like the profits that Wizards of the Coast and stuff is ma- making um and and in summary he said pretty quickly like D&D grew for the sixth year in a row so it's just like it's a train that's just getting bigger and bigger yeah. Fifth edition,
1: um, because that's six years of five E. Yeah. So that's
0: Well, yeah, yeah. So when fifth edition hit, that's what he means. Six years of D and D five E. Um, streaming D and D was up uh fifty percent the last year. And that's been like a that's just been growing over and over. Like more people are streaming games and, and we have Critical Role to Think. They really like pioneered that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just I don't know, it's it's really cool to me that we have uh, that microphones and webcams and internet is so a- a t- obtainable now that mm-hmm. anybody can do a show. Like mm-hmm. some schmuck with a, like, PH in the middle of his name could do a show. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh, really cool. And, and and just the stories people are being able to tell and follow and stuff, it's really fun. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Streaming d content is up 50%. I wish YouTube would acknowledge that d streams are a thing, because mm-hmm. on Twitch, you can say, hey, we're playing tabletop games, or Dungeons & Dragons specifically. But on YouTube, when you try to select gaming and what game you're playing, it only populates video games. And I'm like, that's, yeah. that's sad, YouTube. We could be playing some mm-hmm. really cool D&D on YouTube, but instead, we play on Twitch. So, thanks. Mm-hmm. things. Um, the elephant in the room is that they have uh, substantial new digital gaming plans for D&D. But they didn't elaborate on that. Mm -hmm. So the obvious thing, I think, is video games. And we know that Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out, and they have uh, other games and stuff that they're working on. Uh, Dark Alliance, that's the one I was looking for. Uh, But people are speculating that this could be a competition with uh, D&D Beyond. Like, they want to create, because he specifically said, hey, streaming is up 50% since last year. By the way, we have digital gaming plans.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's like, did those go hand in hand? Uh, and maybe not. I didn't listen to the to the thing. I'm just reading a summary of it. But I think that, uh, I don't know if you necessarily want to compete with D&D Beyond, but if they had a subscription service that had webcam interfaces, maps like Roll20... Um, mm-hmm. all of the d content loaded into it so that you could pull up magic items and stuff and create your own, things like that. Uh, and you could just take that and put it on Twitch. Um, I mean, would you be interested in that?
1: I would. And <laughs> I think they're corporate enough that if those are the plans they want, they will buy d d Beyond and it will become their product. Just like Hasbro bought Wizards of the Coast. They will buy, if they see a product that they want like that, I bet they just buy it so they don't even have to compete with it. Even well, if they release their own or they make that their own. You're right. They will just grab it, you and know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I mean Amazon owns D&D beyond. Uh yeah. so I'm not I don't know how that would work because Amazon's bigger than Hasbro obviously, like uh yeah. but but no. Really really curious about that. So that's kind of the speculate. I mean it we it probably means a video game. But mm-hmm. my my brain is just like, well, that would be really cool. Video
1: games—they're the type oh, yeah. of money yeah. they're throwing at it. I don't think it's just like he's just one thing. And we know there's Baldur's Gate. We know there's Dark Alliance. We know there's a few other franchises of mm-hmm. games out there that are still running with their license. But they are clearly broadcasting that they're about to make more games, yeah. and maybe a lot of them. Yeah. So yeah, um,
0: it's late to the party, um, but mm-hmm. to the—I was going to say—it's late to the MMO party. But, mm-hmm. um, and the D and D online is still kind of going and Neverwinter is still kind of going, but like, I don't like those games. So actually D and D online is fun, but it's just older. Um, but a fifth edition D and D MMO, would you, would you play that? I would kill musician? for it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I would, I would assassinate people for it wow, for sure. That is, I uh, really want a good, deep hundreds of hundreds of hour MMO world. Uh, could you imagine if you could run around in Forgotten Realms like you can in a World of Warcraft or in a, um, you like the Final Fantasy fourteen mm. is the big, big open world one. Could you imagine if you had somebody painstakingly recreated Forgotten Realms for you to run around in mm. and they made the cities kind of cool, but everything out around them is just, random monsters and wild and dangerous and crazy and you could do quests and you can run your characters and
0: you would be on there non-stop it would be I, amazing i would love it yeah <laughs> i'd be a full-time gamer streamer or something yeah uh quick side note saturday morning dnd show does not condone murder or assassination despite oh. what lucian said so
1: <laughs> unless it's for a good reason so no <laughs> saturday morning
0: dnd show does not condone <laughs> murder uh but yeah really exciting stuff man it's just it's a uh, 2020 is going to be the year of DD, i think like it's just lots of cool has stuff to, to be to
1: 2020 you can't have yeah. a better year of the double crit for D. yeah yeah
0: um really really cool stuff uh what else did i want to say
1: hope oh, some people are out there looking up your D beyond uh ownership knowledge here Looks like maybe somebody might have bought it from Amazon already. Maybe really, Curse, I'm pretty sure Amazon. Ber-
0: oh well, Curse owns it, but I think Amazon owns Curse. Like, oh, or Curse know. is an Amazon company. I don't know.
1: Our our fan based sleuths are out there googling right now. I can hear their fingers clicking on the keyboard. They're trying to figure it out.
0: All right, prove me wrong, Internet. Leave all of the comments so that I can slowly go through them and feel <laughs> bad because that's what YouTube that's comments. What the Internet are for. does. <laughs> um other than that, that's all I really had to say there. Uh there's some news. There's a tweet out there. You can you can Google it. This Hasbro interview is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'll probably put a link in the doobly-doo below.
1: So is the 21st news announcement, is it gonna be video game-related announcement, or do you think it's gonna be tabletop announcement? Because we're still due some type of announcement about what the next campaign is gonna be or the next book that's a non- um, working with another property book, like not a, not a, uh, you know, like a, a not a critical Magic role the gathering, yeah. not a critical role, not a, um, acquisitions incorporated. Those are all working with other IPs and bringing them into the D D kind of making of books. What's the, we still don't know what the next book for 2020 is for Dungeons and Dragons at
0: this point. Correct. We do not, but I don't think this February 21st is going to tell us that it might. But it oh, says okay, so, okay. he said you'll also see great digital game development for D and D, and we will see you on February twenty first to outline that. So they're going to they're going to talk about the digital game development and stuff on the twenty first. But who knows? They might piggyback and and tell us other things. I don't know.
1: Right, I, I
0: don't cool. know. Nobody knows. It's all speculation. Knows. I did. Like, and I where's the D and D live event? I had a dream uh, a couple nights ago that I was running D and D in my house and chris perkins was there and we i was running D for chris perkins and i was it was You're just such fun. a fan boy. and i was like i was like so chris like when when is uh like dice camera action coming back and stuff like that and he's like oh yeah like we're working on this and stuff i got good plans so i was like yeah so what's that next book he's like oh i can't talk about it jordan And i was like even in my dreams you tease me chris perkins <laughs> even um, in my dreams i'm trying
1: to get info, info from chris
0: uh, there was a Q&A with Jeremy Crawford. I did not watch this, but I bet Lucian did. I did.
1: What, yeah, I liked Just it. Tell um, a about it. This, I always like when they do their Q&A. It's him and Bart Carroll who kind of heads up Dragon Plus Magazine, uh, the online version of the Dragon Magazine these days. And uh, they've got some good articles out there. But he does it every other week kind of show. And they talked about the subclasses. Part two, which you guys probably right. talked about yeah, last we week talked, yeah, that of I of. didn't get to talk about and give my opinions on.
0: Nobody uh, cared. It was
1: fine. I know. I, I understand <laughs> that, <laughs> but the problem is, is that you give a lot of opinions that are wrong. And there was nobody probably there to counter you was the problem. She, I'm sure LB was just like, Oh, Jordan, you're probably right. And Oh, Jordan, your ideas are so smart. Like there was nobody to push back and say, yeah, no, you need that's that dumb.
0: fighting spirit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. that's
1: dumb. So what did you think? I mean, I didn't even get to, I haven't even watched the show. I've been sick and I'm still sick right now. Everybody. I haven't even watched your guys' show. I got on at the very end on my iPad just to say hi to people. Um, and just, you know, let people know I didn't die, but I, didn't, I haven't watched it yet. So what was your opinion on, you know, Clockwork Sorcerer on cleric domain of, I want to hear a little bit more. Give me the condensed version of that.
0: Um, con- well, we talked a lot about the, uh, the love domain. Cause that was like pulled entirely. And, mm-hmm. and for reasons of like, a lot of people were, were saying, well, this doesn't feel like love. It feels like infatuation or like toxic because you're charming people and you're doing you know kind of questionable things with the intent of love uh
1: <laughs> well you might do questionable well you
0: don't have to like, do no, questionable yeah, things, like, you, you dirty you know,
1: people <laughs>
0: you're, you're like i'm pretty so let me into the yeah. like castle and it's like uh so i see why they changed it but i like the idea behind that um overall i liked the as far as the cleric i liked the the bond you can have with another player and then you can like give them damage resistance and stuff. That was kind of fun. Uh the Clockwork Sorcerer is it, it came it felt like it came out of left field, but it it's interesting. And if you want to be like, no, he was like I, I think my justification was it is that a mad scientist infused a Modron into your body. And that's everybody's why been have, going to so. Modron. Yeah.
1: Everybody's been thinking Modron a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and then what was the other one? It was a uh i can't remember but didn't leave an impression.
1: it was cleric.
0: uh yeah see you don't come know
1: come on chat help us what was the first one it was the first one in the in the thing and i thought it was a good one i actually liked it uh my brain's frazzled because of medicine but you guys can help
0: us medicine
1: and i did like i like the idea of the bringing the the law and like changing the world's chaos and Mark. saying, no, in this area, in this small area, at this small time, because we're in this big battle with this big bad guy, we're going to bring the domain of law here to to push away the chaos. And I liked some of the ideas of that. Or even I felt like it was a very kind of cool Eberron thing. Like if I was going to do an Eberron, I was really thinking, okay, a Clockwork Sorcerer would be very cool for an Eberron campaign. Yeah. And I could really get into something like that uh creation bard yes the bard the creation of creation bard. there you go bard i would have thought you'd have, you're a bard guy I you play bards. Bards.
0: um oh. that one i didn't i didn't care for a whole bunch uh it, the idea of which is funny because i like bards but this idea of like songs as creation i feel worked for lord of the rings but doesn't really i don't know it doesn't it just doesn't i, don't, I heard I don't people like
1: referring it. it to it as the disney bard yeah like i yeah. was thinking about like mickey mouse with the broom moving around and doing stuff so almost like take maybe imagine that that whole thing Mm -hmm. he's a bard not a wizard or
0: you know yeah yeah that's what would work so yeah you kind of animate things and i mean it was it was bardy it could be fun i like pets so having like a dancing chair that attacks things could be really cool what'd you get here we go the podcast listeners are gonna love this episode because they can't yeah they can't see the box that he's unboxing
1: Yeah, you're hearing a little bit of the unboxing. I tried not to do it too much. But this is the Spectaculars RPG by Scratchpad Publishing Kickstarter, which is a superhero RPG. Looks like tabletop role playing game of comic book heroes. Nice. What I liked about it is it had an ad lib Scratchpad thing for making characters and doing really cool stuff with. Mm-hmm. It was a really cool take on it. I'll take the, the plastic off so we can get to see some of it. But yeah, so they in the uh, in the video, if you go back and you watch. Um, Jeremy talk about it. You get to hear their point of view. They answer some rules questions um, about that one and the previous one. Yeah. And did that's they talk really about
0: like, the love domain and stuff and how, why they were yeah, like,
1: yeah. Yeah. where he, why, What they were thinking about when they were making it and why and some of the, the inspirations behind it. And I think if you listen to that, um, I think you, you you'll get a good idea of at least where they're coming from. Even if your mind didn't jump there when you read it, you'll be able to say, oh, this is where they were going. This is what they're giving us because that's what they were trying to do. And Mm -hmm. now I understand what they're trying to do. Good or bad. You can still give feedback and say, you know what? I don't think, I think you missed the mark or no, I don't think this, this subclass is all that interesting. Maybe move on to the next one or just give your feedback. What would make it better or whatever, but uh, it's good to hear where, what their idea was and then what they're, what they came up with to match that idea. I like that. I love it. Yeah. No, it's always fun to to
0: see the design behind uh, the idea Uh, or the ideas behind the design is what I was trying to say. Um, but yeah, so we talked a little bit about that last week. It was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. it was fun. I am, I not still, much am, else news. well, yeah, not, not, we don't have any more news really, but like I was going to say that I'm just excited for this next book whenever they do it. Um, and I was trying to think like, I, I should have done this before the show, so I apologize. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll do it for next show, but I'm going to go through and see like what classes are we missing for the unearthed arcana and then see if uh what, what, how many more do we need to expect? Like there's, there's two or three more unearthed arcana and then we should be able to get a book at some point. So.
1: Yeah. Because before the end of last year, we must've had three unearthed arcana articles with various classes in them that we have not seen show up in a book yet. Yeah. So there was three UAs worth of classes there. Plus we've gotten two more since 2020 started. So there's, and there's still more from even even before that in 2019 that have never quite made it to a book yet so there is a plethora of possibilities that they could jam into a book or more mm-hmm. that we that might be on the horizon for us at some point
0: is that a, a dinosaur a plethora a plethora. plethora i think that's you know like a, a lot did i say it wrong no no mm-hmm. i was just i'm just making fun of the word because i think it's interesting a plethora good, good is many make dinosaurs um oh yes we're looking at the box Spectaculars. Super cool.
1: well and i wanted to leave plenty of time because i didn't get to talk about all my games last week so i definitely didn't want to do a ton of uh news and i didn't have any more as far as that no, I yeah can't wait i was our, our I'm following your lead
0: uh we can jump into bardic inspiration which is where we talk I about things to. that inspire us go ahead lucian tell me all about the things that inspire you i would love to
1: so I've been, I, I still keep watching Hulu is a really good um, service to watch shows and, like, and Netflix and all these other ones. And I have all of those Disney plus and that kind of stuff. And I keep just finding random animes that get uh, probably um, recommended to me like, Hey, maybe you watch this other one. Maybe you'll like this one. And of course they all have a, a common theme that I get recommended. And it's usually this theme of um person, is going to play a new VR game and gets trapped in VR game or is going to jump in VR game and meet all their friends and have fun Mm -hmm. or um, somehow get sucked into another world. And it's always a fantasy-based, MMO-based kind of world or an RPG-style world that you would think That, you know, kind of would line up with playing a role playing game or, or even just um, being in an MMO or being in a VR world, which I think is all on the horizon. So I love that. And we get a lot of these. And it amazes me what struck me this last week, because I've been seeing so many of them, is that I keep getting recommended these over and over. I've watched maybe six shows that are all about RPG fantasy worlds. And it's amazing that all these worlds are different enough and they're not just clones of Dungeons and Dragons and they're not just clones of Lord of the Rings. So it's so cool to see the creativity of these people that are making these animated shows and about these animated stories and, and the the context that they, they happen in. And they have some really cool ideas about what a character can do and what their abilities are and how they level up and and how the whole gaming part of the thing works along with what the storyline is right mm-hmm. there's a whole storyline going on and so my my inspiration is building up to this As i was wondering is there a way for us to build an rpg game that works like a lot of these um anime MMO games or anime RPG games work. And the key that's different from like, say, a tabletop game that we play with Dungeons and Dragons or any of the role playings really, is usually with role playing games, you pick a class, you play the game, you get some experience points for doing things, and then you have a set criteria of what you get next When you go to your next level. So there's, Mm -hmm. maybe there's a list and you can choose some, but most of the time it's just, you get these things. Okay. Your third level, here's the things you get. Now you go on and be that. But in a lot of these other shows, because they're more like an MMO, like they are following this kind of area where if you swing a sword a hundred times, then you unlock something cool you can do with the sword. Mm-hmm. So at any point you could pick something up and try it and you'll be really bad at it in the beginning, but if you do it a hundred times. You might unlock something. You do it a thousand times. You might unlock something. You do it 10,000 times. You become the greatest swordsman ever because you've used that sword 10,000 times. You use the ax 10,000 or you fired the firebolt 10,000 times. And now your firebolt's even better than anybody else that's ever used it because it grants you ability improvement based on what you use not on what level you are as the class itself. So I was trying to figure out, is there a way you could bring that into a tabletop RPG? How would you track the XP that way? How would you, is there like a a simple tally sheet your players could have to say, you know, I used, I blocked with my shield four times in that fight and I, And I hit like three times. And then over a course of a campaign, you're adding those up, you're adding those up. And there's a little bit of math that gets done in between sessions. And all of a sudden you find out, oh, hey, guess what, Jordan? You had finally blocked with your shield enough. You have unlocked Bulwark. What does Bulwark do? Well, Bulwark says you can turn your magic power into defense power. So now your AC goes up higher if you want to sacrifice your, you know, whatever kind of crazy uh, Mm -hmm. thing you could do. It sounded the problem I was seeing, obviously, and i you'll probably bring up. Well, what do you think of that? Maybe I'll do that. I won't I won't speak for you. What do you think of maybe trying to make a game where it's about what you do, not just picking a class?
0: No, uh there was so I have two things that I that I'm in response. Uh one, there was a game, I think it was an RPG, maybe it was D D and it was like a hack of of starting. But like everybody starts with ten as their um, stat in all stats, and then depending on what you did in the first like hour of whatever, mm-hmm. um, you would you would up it. So if you used a dagger to attack, like and you were successful, that would up your dexterity to twelve or something. And so mm-hmm. based on what you were trying to do, you kind of build your character out of that. And then after that first combat you are like well now you're a wizard or now you're this so the style of play like i want to be sneaky okay well now you're proficient in stealth because you decided to be sneaky um mm-hmm. it reminds me of mmos speaking of mmos earlier right uh because yeah uh, in final fantasy XI, if you wanted to up your sword skill you had to hit things and there was With a the ran- sword and yeah and there was a <laughs> random chance that you would get like a 0.1 to 0.3 skill up and then after you would get a whole skill up you would go up one and then if you went up to a certain number let's say 75 you would unlock a weapon skill, and then you would have a new ability that you could do. In I don't nobody wants to keep track of that. Like that's we have computers that's that keep problem, track of I that, think. and that's the problem. Yeah. But I think a a fun way of doing it is uh is saying like okay let's uh let's say how long the combat takes, or maybe how long the uh, how many monsters you fight, and uh, for example, let's say you fight three monsters, and so or four monsters. And so for four monsters, you're going to roll a D4. And if it's a four, you get a skill up. And then you track those skill ups. And so there's a random chance of getting a skill up. And if you fight six monsters, you roll a D6. And if you get a four, five, or six, you get a skill up. Yeah, your your white balance is a little high. Two white, white balance,
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm noticing.
0: Uh, and I like that idea. So after a combat, you roll to see if you get points to level up into a specific thing and then yeah it's like well I've been using this sword for the last like four sessions Uh, I got to eight points so now I have eight points to do X, Y, and Z so I don't know that's when I like it Yeah, so that that was was my idea
1: the two um, animes that I've watched recently if anybody wants to go out and say well where is he getting this idea What what are these things that are inspiring him and if you're just looking for inspiring cool character concepts or cool world concepts for maybe your homebrew Check out, uh, infinite dendrogram. I found that on Hulu. I'm sure it might be on other places, but I'm watching it on Hulu. And then Bofuri B O F U R I, um, is another one that I've been watching on who, and the the one has Bofuri is pretty funny because it has this, uh, this new player and she doesn't, hasn't really played games before. And when it's asking her what she wants to do, she just decides to put all of her points, every single point into defense and nothing else. And then when she gets into the game, she can she's moving at like half speed that everybody else is moving at, but she's super strong. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how that evolves into her becoming a very powerful character, even though she has limitations, but she's maxing out this defense, which is allowing her to do some things that none of the other players can do. So it's it's kind of a cool little storyline that's going on there. And uh, infinite dendrogram is another good one about when you get into the game, you're given um, an ability that gets tattooed on your hand kind of thing and there's lots of different ones and many are unique and that was the other thing in that one that i liked that idea that came from it was this idea where every character that joins the game is unique will we ever see an rpg where every character created is unique it's not a variation of a paladin not a variation of a bard not a variation of a wizard and i know there's some rpgs out there that will probably already try this so i'm sure chat will say hey try this one because that does that but it'd be fun to play something where every person who plays it has a unique character that is not a part of any class at all they're just all different you know they're mm-hmm. just all all kinds of cool different stuff so
0: i want that was create, my bardic inspiration i want to create an rpg uh, a tabletop rpg and i've been I ha- i've been half working on it since last gen con talking with uh people like celeste conowich and, and other mm-hmm. other streamers and stuff they were saying to me, they're like, well, I want to make a game at some point. And I'm like, oh man, I, I want to make a game now. And yeah. so I got home and yeah. I was like writing furiously and I've fallen out of it. But I like, I like the idea, and I've talked about this on Saturday Morning d show before, where mm-hmm. I want like the Lego building blocks to create a character. So in your mind, if you're like, I really want to make a necromancer, I'm going to take necromancy magic and pets and I'm going to combine the two of them and that's going to be my necromancer. Or, if I want to be a ranger, I'm going to take like nature magic and pets. Or, if I want to be a wizard, I'm going to take like fire and ice and then I can do like fire and ice spells and stuff. So, uh, but that's something that is for another discussion. But yeah, I like the idea of what you're saying. Like, yeah. you, you create the class based on whatever you want and then it's unique to you you know so. yeah
1: and you're picking pe- little pieces and parts you're not picking like a whole path yeah, you know? yeah. and i know you can multi-class and i know dnd has come a long way into allowing you to create a wide range of characters and my ranger may be very different than Correct. jordan's yeah. ranger but yeah i mean but even going further than that taking it the next step like that's a good step the next step so what was your bardic inspiration
0: um, I was just reading chat really quick. Uh, my bardic inspiration. We talked about this last week a little bit, but I wanted to talk about it some more. Uh, is okay. magical diseases. So mm. Lucian was sick, and we were we were just it talking was. like diseases kind of happened. But uh, and and we had the death curse in uh, Dungeons & Dragons in in with Tomb of Annihilation.
1: No, no, no. I solved that. Yeah, it's that's solved. We'll, a little we'll bit later that. in we'll the episode. That. Yeah.
0: Uh, and Neverwinter Nights, the video game, had the 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 plague that was spreading through Waterdeep, deep um, and it, Ooh, dice. <laughs> and so it made me think of like a magical disease that uh, you want, you want a disease that isn't cured by greater restoration or something like that, or, or just restoration. Um, and so we're going to assume that, that this disease is somehow whatever, but how do you spread a magical disease? And so that was my question to you. Like, if you were going to put one in your book, like, is it through touch? Is it like you have a 50% chance when you come in contact with somebody of catching it? Like, like how would you spread spread a plague throughout your campaign?
1: I would do a chance in an area around where a spell has been cast. And it would be a disease that is infecting the fabric, the weave. Okay, that is happening so anybody's casting spells puts the people in danger in like a 50 foot range and maybe it's a small chance or maybe it's a you know a slight chance but then they might contract the disease which then can further propagate it and maybe it's something that's a withering kind of slow withering of of stamina and, and, and constitution and all that kind of stuff but yeah tie it to somehow the weave needs to be mm-hmm. cured or fixed yeah I mean, that would be fun. really cool
0: so is it like, like if I have the disease and I cast a spell, there's a chance that I'll infect the people around me. Otherwise I'm fine. Like nobody's going to get hurt yeah. unless I cast a spell. Okay.
1: Yeah. And maybe, maybe carriers are different from people who are infected or maybe infected can be carriers or, you know, maybe you don't even know you have it until you, people start getting sick around you or yeah, there's all kinds of cool little that makes fun me things think, you can
0: uh, do. It makes me think of like the life stream in Final Fantasy seven, but also just like, if, it, if, it trans, if it's transmitted through the weave, that would be interesting. Like a disease that's transmitted through magic. So yeah. um, it only affects spellcasters. Like I'm gonna just change up your, your idea a little bit. Like what if it only <clears throat> affects spellcasters, casters and, and it is like a proximity thing. Like if I touch you or if I cast a spell on you, it transmits that virus. And so then the weave is just getting torn and hurt and wild magic could happen around you or something. That'd be really interesting. I love it. That was fun. That'd be a cool
1: thing to investigate.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is I like the idea that, uh, I mean, that's a good quest jumping on thing too. Like we have to go find out a, what this is and then how do you stop it? And then how do you cure it? You know? And like, Mm -hmm. we have to somehow fix the weave in some way. And I like that idea a lot. So yeah, I don't know. So magical diseases, it's something I've never used. Um, I've done, uh, exhaustion effects and stuff with my players going through the desert and things like that. But I've never had them like, I don't know, like contract something like you're going to lose your arm or you're going to do that. I like, I like, I just want, I don't know. I like the idea of that, uh, ticking clock. Like mm-hmm. you're going to die in two weeks. You guys got to figure out what you're going to do to stop that kind of a thing. And so, yeah, yeah. something I want. Yeah, to Cause do like the zombie
1: place. scratch is like a, is a like more of a typical yeah. or, you know, or like what we have is, you know, through sneezing or touching of things and then other people touch it and they don't wash their hands. And that may be a thing in a, in a fantasy world, how much hand washing is going on, how much uh, germ bacteria um, cleansing are they doing? How much surgery is happening? How much wound binding is happening and how is that? Or is it the fleas on the rats are biting people or mosquitoes are going around because in Cholt you could get a disease Um, you could get throat leeches and, you know, a big spoiler show, I guess, but there's, everybody knows if you go in the jungle, there's always something that you can contract or tries to kill you. Um, and that's all about the environment trying to kill you. But I like the idea of an affected, we call it the weave because I believe that's the way they, they kind of describe magic in a sense in dungeons, or at least they have in some of the places. Um, not everybody probably uses that as in their world, but something like that, I think would be kind of cool. Um, or, I mean, what else could you do for a magical disease? The only problem is is that all the players always assume that they're playing clerics and druids and healers, that there should just be some easy spell they can cast, and it should all go away. But if you're trying to make that not something that's easily going away, kind of like the death curse was, you couldn't just spell it away at that point. Um, you have to come up with reasons why they can't use spells to cure it and fix it.
0: Yep, And that's, I think that's the... I mean, that's the quest. Like mm-hmm. I've got to that's throw this campaign. diamond <laughs> into a volcano and then yeah. transmute it into a something using the lava. And then you have to like swallow that and say your name three times backwards and then you're healed or something. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, so basically like breaking a curse that is causing the sickness. You're not curing yeah. the sickness, which is what gets around it. Is and really I think awful.
0: that's where I, I'm 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 conflicted because it's really easy to say, Well, you're cursed. Uh, mm-hmm. and i but i like the idea of like it's a disease that like Medical. i mean you don't it's you don't catch scientific. a curse yeah well yeah. Yeah, yeah and you don't like walk up to someone like oh i caught your curse like i i want it to be like a disease where people are like you stay clear of that town because they mm-hmm. all have like magic rot you know Yeah. And so very cool um, but I like- moving on we we do play dungeons and dragons occasionally on this game lucian has been playing uh lots of dungeons and dragons and i think we're going to Uh, we should just say, stop listening here if you're in Tomb of Annihilation or if you don't want spoilers. Yeah. Because I don't know how we can talk about the finale of this without getting into some spoilers. And and
1: I kind of want to talk about spoilers. So I'm definitely warning those of you if you don't want, um, what we'll do is we'll, uh, if you want to mute, I guess, and just keep watching, when we're done, I'll just clap my hands (laughs) and you will know we are done with spoilers for Tomb of Annihilation. So, so, uh, so you
0: have been warned.
1: <laughs> LB's like, I'm going dark. <laughs> it's really good. So, Tomb of Annihilation, we ended it. Um, I played. I was sick, and but I, I, toughened up. I said, no way am I. I missed this show, but I wasn't going to miss that finale of that D and D game because we had built up, and I've been telling you guys all this time how much I've loved Tomb of Annihilation as a campaign. Even to the end, even with the end battle, it's been my favorite campaign so far. All the other ones are going to have to try to beat it in some way, and I'm going to try to play through all of them. Um, but right now, Tomb Annihilation is my favorite. And uh, I really liked it. Um, we got to the bottom of the the tomb. We were able to fight the battle. Um, I kept waiting for a shoe to drop. I kept waiting for this... Because you kept saying, I can't wait to talk to you about the ending. And I want to, you know, because almost as if you knew there was a little controversy or if you were were wondering something specific. But to me, I kept waiting for, oh, are they going to tell us, OK, you wake up and it's been a dream or, oh, yeah. oh you're, you've are you been dead this whole time. And, you know, you've actually been ghosts or you've been oh, yeah. spirits that have been doing that. I was waiting for a, a M, M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end yeah and it really didn't happen so i was like i was pleasantly surprised i'm like all right we defeated we've broken the curse we got here we found out what did it we we destroyed it spectacularly and uh we fought a serac himself and it was cool and uh he you know we we beat him enough that he took off um and that was the end of our campaign we kind of stopped it there and it was it was fun. I felt like it was a little bit rushed because we were already at midnight and everybody wanted to be done by like 11 or 1130. But some things had kind of drawn us out, but we knew it was the end. So we couldn't just stop. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to finish it up. And we, we didn't even do epilogues yet of like saying, OK, what where do you see your characters in two years from now? Or are we going to play them again in other adventures or anything like that? But it was satisfying. I liked it. Um I like playing my War Wizard against it. Um, it was tough fighting a Serac. I don't know what your experiences was with it, or from you reading it, thought you know it would be like. But man, is it tough to fight a Lich as a Wizard?
0: No, it just you sounds counter everything. Yeah, and, like ugh. I know, and I've only read Tomb of Annihilation. But uh, the, for those of uh, for those who don't haven't read it and are interested, and we're in spoiler territory, uh, a Serac is is siphoning souls into this. Uh, dead god fetus mm-hmm. and he's trying to like like re-energize it in a evil necromatic way and so that's what's causing the death curse is these souls can't go back to the afterlife or back into a body because they're being siphoned into this thing and there's just all these really interesting mechanics because you're fighting a serac and who is a a, a lich of famous i've done a video on him check my yeah. youtube but uh a serac and then and then you have the aoe uh or the the effects, the the area effects and stuff of this like God fetus thing. Um, mm-hmm. and it it's just and then there's like isn't there lava or fire or something? I can't remember. Yeah, like, underneath it. Underneath yeah, you, so you yeah, don't yeah. want to yeah. fall on that. So yeah. I mean, if you're there's a lot going on with this. And so I just thought it was a really interesting battle. And I was curious yeah. how you guys handled it and things like that, because I think a Sarak is like flying or he can teleport. Like he could teleport. Yeah, there's yep. just there's a lot around. going on with that.
1: Yeah, and so. there's there's platforms that you can only get to on adamantium beams but they're like you move half speed on those. So you, he was really our DM was really good about using that mobility of a serac just moving around mm-hmm. against us and getting them away from our our melee guys who had to find a way to try to get there and use up all kinds of resources and it turned out to be a really crazy fun battle of trying to outmaneuver, outwit this this crazy powerful um, lich. And there were some, there were some harrowing moments where I thought, Oh, if this turn, like this next dice roll, if this goes bad for us, it all landslides on because there was like these moments of you're on the edge. And if you go over the edge, there's no recovery from that. You're just sliding, sliding down, but we would just make it. Or the dice roll would be just enough that it was bad, but not too bad. Or this part, like one of our persons got banished, couldn't come back because the, um, the roll to make the save, he couldn't make it. He could, couldn't roll high enough, and it was a save. So it didn't matter if he rolled a twenty. If he even rolled a twenty on the dice, because he had like a minus two or something to the dice because oh, of that, wow. whatever it was, because of his stat, he could never make the save to return from banishment. So, so you that had was had to a interrupt problem.
0: concentration in order. To yeah,
1: and yeah. we couldn't interrupt his concentration ever, and we never were able to interrupt his concentration because he could make that check so easily, and. Yeah he's using legendary resistances to resist all of our stuff. And I'm trying to use slow and I'm trying to use, um, I'm, I'm using lightnings and, and he's resistant to certain types of damage. Mm-hmm. And, but it was, it was a good battle with six people fighting on him. Or was it five people? And it, it resolved well. He definitely, once he got down to a certain point, he bugged out. And I yeah. think that's how it's written in the yeah. module. So.
0: The, I mean, there, I think there's ways him, where, the, cause. The, but he left. Yeah. yeah. Wizards of the Coast wants to keep that character alive in canon, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So we can't, he can't like die, die. Or, and I think it says in the book if they do figure out a way of capturing a Sarak and actually killing him, his phylactery Phylactery. is located really safe somewhere. And we're not even going to tell you where, but he will reform. So don't worry, kind of a thing. yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think that was it as far as uh, spoilers. I can probably talk non-spoiler at this okay. point. Are you good? Any spoiler? Okay. No, I'm So okay.
0: Everybody come back. Come back, come come back, back. LB. LB. <laughs> LB, are you back? You're the only Were one. We're waiting for LB? I was waiting, I think. <laughs>
1: uh, so this will really be non-spoiler cool. now. Really I loved cool it.
0: You love the ending, then, Yeah.
1: I fun. think everybody should play it. Um, I think it was a great campaign that had... Uh, we got to level 11 in ours. I could see a group getting to 10 or between 10 and 12, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere in that range when they run their group through it. Um, there's plenty of times where you could almost TPK or you could almost get wiped out. Um, it definitely was dead. It wasn't as deadly as the old version of tomb of annihilation. What You know what the tomb, tomb, tomb of horrors is, you mean? Um, yeah. Tomb yeah. of horrors. Yeah. The old, which I want to run that for you guys. Player characters.
0: Uh, I realized that, you just want to kill us. Well, no, I've realized it's, it's like a, uh, tomb of horrors is a is a passage it's a rite of passage for D players mm-hmm. i feel and I, it's not that i want to kill you but like it's such a interesting module and when yeah. i ran it we had a blast like it was so mm-hmm. much fun and i was talking to well I was talking to lb about it and she was just like yeah i've never played it never and i'm like you've been doing D for how long and you've never <laughs> played tomb of horrors and i think you're yeah. the same way yeah like, i haven't you played, played it either i need mm-hmm. to run it for you guys like maybe that's good. another Gen Con thing. We'll me,
1: me and LB will go. We'll we'll find some teammates. You can run us through it. Could oh. be yeah. Gen Con run of it would be fun. I actually put a it on roll twenty.
0: Um, I put Tomb of Horrors on roll twenty, like a map and stuff, and I kind of configured mm-hmm. it. And then I put you know the the fog of war, so you couldn't see. And yeah, mm-hmm. that could be a lot of fun to do. Uh,
1: yeah, and I could bring all the extra monitors and stuff in my car because I'm driving down. So we could set up a cool little thing that you could display to us and we'd only see the the player portion of it well and at that point I'll, still buy, have I'll just
0: buy a chessic map on the <laughs> floor and some markers yeah. or something but it, well,
1: we'll, then we can all buy dice for it we can yeah. all buy miniatures while we're there and then we can come back to the hotels and play it That'd be oh,
0: fun. tomb of Horrors is so good i love it so yeah
1: much. so that was really good i enjoyed it if you haven't played it yet find a dm to play it i do want to run it for a group now i i think this would be a really fun adventure especially like new brand new DD players i want to take a group of brand new dungeons and dragons players through this because it's it seems like it has everything from from one to level 11 you get a wide gamut of all the cool stuff in dungeons and dragons that you could ever want um i think it's great i mean i think it's a really good module so um so then that ended yep and then this past went uh, so that was two weeks ago which i would normally have talked about on the show where i was sick but i wasn't so that was then and then on wednesday night um which i hear might be changing to tuesday night so we might be changing to a tuesday night Ooh. run we started Waterdeep, dragon heist with brand new characters and uh, i'm playing a cavalier halfling cavalier that rides a giant rottweiler um and uses a lance kind of very similar to labyrinth which i'm sure that's a um, a movie you have watched, Jordan. Labyrinth mm-hmm. with a, What's what's the sir? What's the little guy on the Shaggy Dog that oh. she ends up befriending? It's like remember. Sir Didymus or Sir Sir something like that. And I'm sure Chat will remember. And uh, they get to run around. So that's kind of the concept of what I'm doing. I'm doing a, a halfling cavalier that rides a Wattweiler into battle. And uh, it's really cool. The, the reason I bring it up, one, we're playing new characters. So that's fun. And we're playing a new campaign. So I get to play through all of Dragon Deep, Waterdeep, Dragon Heist, um, Waterdeep, Dragon Heist. And then we're going to go into, we think, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. So we mm-hmm. might actually get to play that too. But the other thing I brought it up was because me and you have had this conversation a few times I definitely had the conversation with my dungeon master, Danimal DM, who's a great Australian uh, dungeon master, my favorite guy to play with right now. I said, you know what? I want to play this cavalier that rides a dog, a halfling that rides this mm-hmm. armored dog, but I don't want the dog to be a plot point. I don't want the dog to be part of some character arc or I don't even want the dog to die ever. Yeah. Like I don't want that to be a part of a scene because we're just big dog lovers and I don't want that to be... Any type of thing. So I'm saying, so if you're planning things for a character, yeah, don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> want that at all. And I know you've had this talk. Your wife, when yeah. she played her character, had this stern talk with you of, you can do whatever you want to me. I, I don't care. Torture me as a DM as you want, but don't touch my dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and he was really cool about it. He loves dogs too. He has a big, um, uh, great Dane that has the same colorings as my dog. And we came up with some ideas on no matter what happens when, if the dog goes down, it's just unconscious or it's like the, with the other thing we were thinking of, it's, it's like one of the figurines of power. So it goes back to being a necklace that can be summoned an hour yeah. later or something. So it's something where it never becomes an issue. I don't want to have a dog funeral. I don't want to have to be chasing other dogs. Every time we get fireballed, I have to go find a new mount. I don't, I don't want that gameplay. But I do want to play a Cavalier, so I hope that's cool. And I'm not trying to make the the animal be super powerful either to where the DM is antagonized because it's like, oh, so you don't want me to kill him or target him. You don't want me to make him a big deal, but you're going to try to get two attacks off him all the time. You're going to do all these cool things. And I'm like, I'm not even going to do that. I'm riding him around, and that's the only thing I'm doing. I don't even want the dog really doing much else than that, and maybe some RP fun, like when it growls at somebody or it goes over and licks somebody's wound or it, you know, it does cool fun dog stuff. But nothing that's like making my character overpowered. because I don't want to antagonize him to the point where he feels like he has to do something to stop me overpowering the game. So that was why I brought it up. That was something that I encourage all of our players to do. If you're going to have a concept like that, work with your dungeon master. To do the cool part of the concept, but be willing to give up something too so that you're not making it hard on them when all of a sudden you've created a super character and now you're going to try to limit them to say, and don't hurt my super character. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't affect my cool thing that I'm going to do because now I've got this cool thing that allows me five attacks on a turn and I'm doing mega damage and you can't, you know, don't put your DM in that position. So that was the thing I wanted to bring up to our group. And I know we've heard yours, but I'll, I'll give you a chance to talk about it too. From your DM standpoint, or even from your player standpoint, how are you handling companion animals, companion NPCs, or or people that are part of the character, but maybe not so much mechanically, or you know, class wise?
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, with my wife's fake corgi, she's a a a beast master ranger, and. Mm -hmm she specifically chose that because she wanted a pet and we were really new like D D had just fifth edition had just come out and I didn't, I, you know, I hadn't started my YouTube channel or anything. So I, I was really green and I'm like, well, if you want a pet, you kind of have to be this class. So she chose yeah. that class because she wanted a pet in hindsight. I should have been like, here's a necklace or something that has a corgi on it that you can summon.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: because the rules for Beastmaster, we've gone over this like to death, and we don't need to talk about it again, are, are not the best. Mm-hmm. And you have to like go find a new pet if your pet dies or something. So we've made it that it's like a face spirit kind of tied to her. And then she can expend spell slots and stuff to bring it back during long rests. Uh, and that's, and so if it does get targeted by a, uh, because it gives her a significant amount of speed, like the, the dogs are fast um, mm-hmm. compared to a halfling. So, with that, if she's riding around on it and it does a bunch of stuff, uh, yeah. So we've been doing that. And then she can, if it does get hit by a fireball or something, she can bring it back at, at whatever point. Um, but I think overall, I we've talked about this again, but like if your if you're, uh, players want a pet, give them a pet, you know? Like... Like they're, they can have a mouse on their shoulder without having the fine familiar spell and thing like that. Like, I think that's, should be encouraged. So it's really cool.
1: Right. And I think there should be rule because not every, well, in any sticking point, many people might say, I want to have a brother or sister sibling as part of my character backstory, but you may say, I don't want them to be used as a plot. Oh, right. And that's a little too, too strong. So don't be afraid to tell your DM that there's this cool thing that I think would make my character kind of cool. And, but I I also, I don't really want it to become a trauma point in the camp. I'm not looking for you to, you know, really wrench my guts out or maybe you are, if you are, it's cool and tell them, yeah, it'd be cool if you use this, you know, the brother gets kidnapped or my little brother and I've got to do this cool stuff. And that's kind of cool. You can do that. But if you aren't comfortable with that, tell them so they know and be ready to give something up for what you're asking. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't want to make the dog super powerful and turn it into an entity that he has to worry about. I want to just have the, the look and the feel of it without it being super powerful or anything. Yeah. So I can have a cool character concept. So be willing to give something up. If you're asking for something really cool and your DM should work with you. And if you, if they don't, that's cool. Find a DM that will work with you. Some DMs are going to, and not in a bad way. If the DM's just like, no, I don't really want to deal with that. I want to, this is the type of game I want to run and it's ultra deadly. And, and it's like, you know, OSR and all this kind of stuff. And I want it to feel that way and gritty. You'd be like, all right, cool. You know, that's a fun game too. But I am going to go find the type of game that I want to play, which is you know wherever that is.
0: So. Yeah, we, you know, I am I am doing this Rod of Seven Parts game that will mm-hmm. be my D anD D fifth edition stream debut. Uh, I've done one shots and stuff, but this is going to be a long running campaign on Twitch. And I've been going over backstories with my players, and a lot of a lot of them were like, you know, here is. It's it's interesting the dynamic I have, because I have a one player that's like, here's my loose kind of like idea for the character. And I'm like, awesome. I I like all of these things. Could we go in this direction? And they're like, oh, sure. And then I have my other player who's like, here's my eight-page backstory. Um, this, this character that I'm playing is actually like the daughter of this other character that I've played before. And they have all of these ties and connections, and da-da-da. And I was like, so can I use all of this? Like, I don't, I don't know that. Character. So, if I make something up, am I going to be upset? And they were like, "Well, kind of." Could you just not use any of that? And I'm like, "Well, then, oh yeah, sure, like great." And (laughs) they and they were they were very clear. They were like, "It's more for me. Like, I need to know all of this backstory stuff so that I have something to, you know, it it helps me role play and things like that." And I'm like, "All right, that's fine. That's awesome. As long as your character, because of their background, is still willing to go on a quest with." You know, strangers until yeah. you guys get to know each other, uh, and they were like, "Oh, that's not a problem." And so it's it's yeah. just interesting. Like some some players really need to have all of that tied in, and I think mm-hmm. other players are just. And I do. I have one player who still hasn't given me their backstory yet, and it's like, "Oh, yeah, I don't know." I'll jump in, and I'm like, "All right, you don't need a backstory, but like it helps me with session one." Oh, it's ruined oh, forever. He dropped it's it. It's done. It's done.
1: Well, and actually, it's funny you say that because Danimal on this Waterdeep one, he sent us a big list of, hey, tell me all these things about your characters. And all of our other players in the game have filled that out. It's like this big thing about all backstories and mm-hmm. NPCs and family and ties and things. And I sent him a message back and I said, "Daniel, I don't think I want to give do any of this yet until I know I'm going to keep playing this character. Because the concept I have for the character I think is pretty good but I want to play a session or two before I really dive into all of that stuff mm-hmm. and really get into it. Cause I might not like this character and I might decide, you know what, I'm going to go a different route. He's like, no, that's totally cool. When you have this stuff ready to go, or you're, you're really sure you're going to play this character and you're really into it and you're really ready to, to throw the backstory and just let me know. And I was just like, that's the perfect response you want from a dungeon master to say here, give me this stuff if you want to, and you have it, and you already have that in your mind. But if I'm not ready to do that, be okay with that too, because maybe they're not sure what that character is yet. They, they don't know that personality is not going to come out until they're sitting at the table and interacting with the other players. Mm -hmm. And then it comes out and then they feel it. Then they lean into it and then they like it and they love it. And then they, then it develops from there and then it becomes a much bigger thing. So don't be surprised if it takes them a session or two to find that personality that they're looking for, that That, that character background, so yeah. very cool. So that was my gaming in um, Dungeons and Dragons. I took up most of the time, but I had so much to talk about that I wanted to talk about because no, awesome. I know my gaming was cool. But you have some cool stuff too.
0: Well, tell I, us about your stuff. I didn't play any games. So <laughs> uh, thanks my, for the show, guys. Yes, we'll we'll see right. you next. Uh, this was wonderful. <laughs> no, uh, unfortunately, one of my players got in a car accident, and we oh. had to like emergency oh. cancel. He's okay. Everybody's fine. Sorry, but like car is not doing well. Um, So it was one of those like an hour before we were going to play, we had to cancel. Uh, There is talk of maybe picking it up tomorrow because we are in the very last battle of Acquisitions Incorporated and we want to finish that. Uh, So we might play tomorrow, which will be fun. But my big exciting news is this Wednesday I'm starting my Rod of Seven Parts campaign. Um, And it has Ted from Nerd Immersion, uh, Brenna, who does game design stuff. She's really cool. LB of LB Hack'em Up fame and Lex of Dank Dungeons fame are all in my game. And I will be running it. Uh, It is a... If you're not familiar with Rod of Seven Parts, it's a really famous magic item that is a staff that's, like, broken up into different things. And... Uh, I I, well, I won't spoil too much but like it's a famous magic item that they made a little uh, campaign around uh, for the Greyhawk uh, for Greyhawk but Love it's, Greyhawk. it's permeated Dungeons and Dragons so much that uh, the adventure that I'm reading that I'm basing this entire campaign off of says like you know it started here but the rods like the fragments of this rod could really go anywhere so mm-hmm. uh, you know let it let it go wherever you want. And so it's now landed in Faerun and our, our party members have to investigate and figure this out and understand what's happening. Uh, it's really cool. Like it's, I, it's Rod of seven parts is something I wanted to do for a very long time. So I'm really excited to run it. Um, it's, it's been in acquisitions incorporated. They've done a little like hinting at it. Uh, I think there's a couple other streams that have already adapted it. So I'm not doing something entirely new, but We are going to be streaming on the Nerd Immersion Twitch channel, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And in fact, today at 4 p.m. Eastern, um, I'm going to be on my YouTube channel with maybe some of my cast members. They were like, well, we might be able to make it. If not, I will be there solo talking about the stream and talking about... um, the game in general and what I've prepped so far and, and it'll be fun. So we're just going to have like a hangout and kind of talk about characters and things like that. So if you want to watch Jordan live again later, then you can, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Lucian will be there. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, we're going to do just really quick gaming news. Like we're, well, once we finish acquisitions incorporated, I think we're going to turn around and play uh, mm-hmm. my Warforged again. And that Warforged character, we're going to go on a, a mini campaign called The Search for Lorenzo, because Lorenzo the Warlock died in the last game. And so we want to, like, mm-hmm. go find his spirit or his body and resurrect him somehow, which will be really mm-hmm. fun. Um, and then after that, we're doing some, like, really uh, weird-in-the-wild-style uh, D&D game, which is a supplement that came out. And I don't know a whole bunch about it, but it's got custom spells and stuff, and you kind of have to survive in, like, a dark forest, and so mm-hmm. he, and all I know Very is the cool. DM is really excited about it. And that makes me really <laughs> excited about it. Like if right. you're super passionate about this, I want to be in that game because that's yeah. awesome. So yep. yeah. And cool. uh, I bought a Pathfinder two book today because it was on well, that sale. that was the Humble bundle. No, it was on sale on Amazon, like a physical Amazon. Store. And uh, I don't know if I'll play uh, Pathfinder two, but, I, I should read it and understand it. Cause I'm like, it's, it's really popular. It's awesome. And like, it's, there's more than just D and D out there. So I'm I'm curious about the mechanics and I want to read up on it and see how it works and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 Anyway.
1: So, so just a quick, um, on um, for those of you that weren't able to watch the unboxing and my camera is playing craziness, it comes in a nice big box. This it is has these cool, these cool scratch pad ad lib, like pad stuff for the adventures. And you can write down your notes as a dungeon master, even if you can't see all the writing on them. It's got like five of these things in here where you can write them down and play through them. And it's got a setting book and a rules book. And then they also have these almost like these trays. Remember those card games you used to play with the pennies and your, your family would sit around and play it. And there was a big pot of pennies in the middle and you had cards and stuff. That's what this reminds me of is these, these like game trays that you can play on and keep your tokens and your dice and and your status effects and lots of little pop-out things here. Then they've got a whole card tray in here, so there's a lot of cards that involve the, the role-playing game too. Almost like, what was the name of that game? Like Canasta or something like that. Um, so very cool, spectacular superhero RPG, kickstarted. It's just now being shipped out for any of those that you uh, have seen it. I'm gonna go ahead and take actual pictures of it using my phone, so you can actually see stuff. And I'll flood Twitter with all the cool stuff of the nice. the true unboxing and the more uh, reveal. And for those of you that are listening, thanks for bearing with us. For those of you that were trying to watch, sorry, my cameras uh, wouldn't pick it up. The artwork looks really good. You can see here in the background. Um, I'm excited. I love a superhero RPG. How many have you played a superhero RPG?
0: I have never. RPG no.
1: See Jordan, we got to no, get sorry, you into I a did. superhero.
0: I have never played a superhero RPG, but that would be fun yeah like
1: cool. what superhero would you play what power set what powers would jordan like to play
0: um nightcrawler is my favorite x-men so i probably want to so
1: like you a want a teleporting game. melee fighter that would be awesome. with lots of good quippy lines oh, and, yeah. and a cool german accent is what i'm hearing <laughs> let's do it that is a cool character though nightcrawler is really fun he's so such a good, good. One. so so awesome. all right so guys that's our show i'll let jordan take us out like he does every single week because he hates to be late i got him to go
0: one minute extra uh, one minute Aha. over it's awful yeah. uh yeah that is our show take thank us you, away thank you guys so much thank you so much for uh reviews and subscribing and all that jazz we really love it uh apple itunes uh reviews are great give us some five mm-hmm. stars we love stars it helps us get the podcast out there um if uh, and tell a friend you know hey we I enjoy this this podcast I think you might as well uh, and join the discord because we're always chatting in there. join the discussion. You, you can get a hold of us and say hi it'll be awesome uh, thank you again. We will see you next week with a special guest on the Saturday morning D&D show because our good friend Lucian will be traveling. Uh, but it's going to be a I will show.
1: put pictures on Twitter of exactly what I'm doing during the show. So okay. after you're done with the show, check Twitter and you will see what I'm doing. And I think for all of you role players out there, it's going to be super cool and you're going to love it because it is a very cool thing I'm doing
0: uh, next Saturday. That's awesome. Well, okay. Thank you guys so much. We will see you uh, next week. So take care, everybody